And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and I am coming to you here with my co-host, Matt, for what is our big 90th episode milestone, Matt. Our big 90th episode on the night of the Oscars. Ooh, which I don't think either of us are watching because we have Twitter and social media, so I don't have to watch. No, no, I just listened to everyone else's commentary. There you go. I, I know Allison <laughs> Janney won for I, Tanya, which is great because she deserved it, and that was a good movie. I haven't seen that movie yet. It's really good, actually. You'll, you'll enjoy the hell out of it. Even even if you know nothing about the Tanya Harding uh, incident, and if you don't give a shit about figure skating, it's one of those movies that'll that's so good it will make you care about it. Cool, cool. I know I, I like the cast that's mm. in it. Uh, the cast in it, it seems really good, but yeah, I just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Yeah, you get Harley Quinn and Winter Soldier all in one movie, and they look fucking unrecognizable. <laughs> S- Sebastian Stan looks like half the man he is in those movies. He's so unbulked up; it's amazing. Yeah, and I've seen that. Like in some parts, he's got like a like a uh, a mustache and everything. Oh yeah. Oh, he's rocking the mustache. <laughs> very, very eighties and nineties mustache. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's the time it took place. And <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of uh, mustache, there you hear uh, Zack Snyder uh, spoke up on one of his social media things and talked about the mustache. Yeah, he was like throwing shade at the film. I, I love that. Like he, he, he just keeps like talking about the film and saying how much. He hates it and everything, but his name is on it. <laughs> it's funny, too. It's like, yes, it was shade-throwing, and that's what everyone took it to be. But at the same time, too, the comment was something to the effect of, like, oh, yeah, and you know uh, how much it costs to digitally remove a mustache, right, Zach? And he's like, yeah, never again. In my in my mind, I, I, I heard him reading it differently. I heard him reading it like droopy dog, like, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, digital mustache removal. I know. I'm I'm Zack Snyder. I know. <laughs> never, never again. That's, oh, that's it won't be a never again because he's not working for DC anymore. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you won't make that mistake twice in a lifetime. That's for sure. That's a one timer. <laughs> But hey, you know what, from one superhero film franchise to another, the big piece of news we're leading off with this week is something I don't think anybody saw coming, and that is, hey, you know Avengers Infinity War there, Matt, was going to be probably the biggest movie of the heading into summer? Yep, yep. Uh, Well, Marvel and Disney says, hey, how about we move that up a couple months? How about you have that in (laughs) April now? Yeah, it's moved up like... A week and a half or so. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, to the I mean, when I say April, I mean the end of April, but still. Yeah, yeah. So I think like you guys get it like the same day or like the day after I get it. We do for the first time ever. Yeah, so like I can now like just talk about it, and people have seen it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get to hold that power over me for very long. Of like, man, <laughs> man, can you believe Bill Cosby was in it? What really? <laughs> ah, you believed me. Uh, man could you freaking believe when the hulk ate that man's head what that happened you don't know <laughs> for all you know it did happen anything can happen when yeah when yeah. australian and get to see the movie early they they went about this in probably the cutest way possible it was uh robert downey jr on twitter being like man that movie looks great when can me and my friends see it oh well that depends how many friends are you bringing oh you know what how about we just release it for everyone in april <laughs> you know it's funny i saw like um i think it was on like the instagram part of that where uh, oh what's that comedian that's not funny um <laughs> i don't know which one there's lots uh, of- a- 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 amy schumer oh. um 
<laughs> she she like complaining that it was coming out early because she had she like a, 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 a yeah a movie or something covered out. That's I, just, right. I found that very funny. That's right. I looked into that too. I'm like, okay, April twenty seventh, man. Any producer who has a movie coming out that day must be pulling their goddamn hair out right now that they have to go up against probably what will <laughs> undoubtedly be the biggest summer blockbuster of the year or has a solid chance to be the biggest summer blockbuster of the year. Uh, its only other competition will be Black Panther, which considering that they, if they play their cards right, they can build this as, hey, it's Black Panther 2, everybody, he's in it, and Wakanda's <laughs> in it. Go, go see it now, go see it twice. Bring the family. But yeah, man, you, you gotta feel bad for Schumer and all those other people. It's like, get, 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 put it out at the end of April because I didn't think I'd have any competition. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> And and no, like, again, I checked it. There is nothing coming out in April. It's the perfect time to drop it. I can understand why they did it. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, nothing coming out. And I think it's also to, like, give give space to, because I think either side of it, it's got, I think, Deadpool 2 mm-hmm. and um, the Han Solo movie, yeah, which, which comes out in, in, like, the first week of May or something. Yeah, which they were only second gonna- week. Yeah, they were only going to come out a couple weeks apart, and we all unanimously said, well, fuck, if what we think happened happened, and if the Marvel-Disney-Fox deal has gone through, shit, they're going to be cutting into their own market here. Yeah, yeah, they really, yeah, because that's like, technically two movies that they that they own that they will be like competing against each other and in the end then they they both would make money but yeah it's like splitting the box office which is something you don't want no you don't want to where it's like look we could make most of the money or we could make all of the money <laughs> all of it all of the money all of it <laughs> just put it just put it in a big <laughs> pot just put it in a big sack with a dollar sign on it all of the money <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that, and I mean, geez, it's going to be a big time for Marvel, and it's, you know, we're we're not even that far into 2018 yet, because obviously they had Black Panther become a big smash hit cultural phenomenon, in just, a, in like four days, we're going to have Jessica Jones Season 2 on Netflix. Yeah, that's, oh, I keep forgetting that's coming, and then I see, like, when I go on Netflix, I see, like, the trailer, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming out, I'm so excited for that. Don't don't worry, Matt, Netflix isn't going to let you forget, Netflix never <laughs> no, forgets. No, they're not. <laughs> but, yeah, we got that coming down the pipeline, and now, oh, yeah, hey, here's Infinity War before you thought you were going to get to see it. Yeah, and I think, like, also this, like, coming week, uh, well, obviously, like, tonight, uh, tonight or tomorrow night, oh, as... This is uh, airing later on in the week. We've also just seen the uh, Rebels finale, the whole series finale. Um, I think, like, at the end of this week, there's the 100th episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, the much-loaded S.H.I.E.L.D. And, in fact, we're going to be talking (coughs) a little about TV as we get to the end of the news because Flash and S.H.I.E.L.D. premiered, and I figured, you know, let's let's talk about it because why not? People like it when we talk about TV, and we like talking about TV. Yeah. But uh, before that... Some more news from Marvel Fresh Start. Some brand new books and creative teams have been announced. Uh, Mark Wade is going to be jumping over to Doctor Strange, and that book is now going cosmic. Cool. Cool. A lot of books in Marvel right now seem to be going cosmic. Wouldn't you agree? Black Panther is going to space. Doctor Strange is going to space. Apparently space is just this really happening place everyone wants to be. Well, yeah, again, Infinity War, they're probably going to be going to space in that. And, 
you know, I, I do like that Marvel are like expanding a bit more on their cosmic stuff. Yeah, their cosmic stuff is really cool. I mean, it's it's a perfect fit for Doctor Strange because obviously, you know, if you follow the creation of his character and just the writers of you know Marvel in general, they were all very big fans of the whole you know chariot of the gods theory. This idea that anything mystical, magical, or unexplained had to have come to space. So it really only makes sense for Doctor Strange to continue to look for the uh, what is it, the sources of magic by going into space yeah i think it's going to be really cool uh and it leads to like some really awesome like new uh like villains and characters oh, and yeah. aliens and all sorts of really cool stuff it's also not mark wade's first time writing doctor strange so that's always a plus yeah yeah and to think everyone thought he was going to iron man turns out he was going to another mustachioed hero who's sometimes <laughs> a dick <laughs> missed it by that much uh what is it reddit and bleeding cool you missed it by that much (laughs) you got the wrong awesome facial hair bro guys (laughs) and uh, hey speaking of marvel cosmic and we absolutely were captain marvel not getting a brand new series not getting a new writer but she is getting a brand new mini series from margaret stoll the woman who's writing it right now i think and it's going to be Basically, like a retelling, retconning of her origin story, just in time for the movie. Oh, the good timing there, Marvel. As always, very good timing <laughs> for this. Hey, you know what? I'll read it. I always keep saying I, I keep meaning to get back into Captain Marvel. I read the Kelly Sue DeConnick run. I'm like, man, this is really good. I don't. Yeah. Need, I don't need to read any more because <laughs> <laughs> it was just that good. I can I can put a pin in it and I can be done because it was just just that good. But it's like nope. She she keeps on going even after Civil War two when you could argue they assassinated her character a little bit. She keeps on going. Yeah, yeah. Going to be a big part of Infinity. So I mean, now is definitely the time to hop on what with the new movie and everything. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perhaps the biggest piece of news that came out this week is, hey, everyone, Nick Spencer will be helming Amazing Spider-Man. That rumor that was bandied about six months ago and the rumor that I would not shut the fuck up about turned out to be 100% on the money. Very nice. Yes, and because of that, I'll be reading Spider-Man now. And because of that, I don't think you're the only one, Matt. It's like, okay, new number one, new status quo, really funny uh, writer who, you know, excels in writing lovable losers and schlubs, and what is Spider-Man if not the ultimate lovable loser schlub of comic books? Yep, 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 I'm really looking forward to it. They released, like, the cover of his first issue, didn't they? It's like a wraparound, and yeah, it looks really cool. They did, and also, hey, if you're like me and wondering aloud to yourself, but when are the superior foes of Spider-Man going to get... <laughs> volume 2, Volume 2. Volume 2, <laughs> not even Volume 2, Matt, free comic book day. <laughs> it's all building up to it. <laughs> it's all building up to it. Look, this this Spider-Man series is just a backdoor to get superior <laughs> foes back. He's like, look, That's look, the only way he could write it, that he's like, I want to write this superior foes again and they're like oh, we can't let you do that we can't let you do that i was like well fuck it i'll write spider-man and just fill it with the superior foes and spider-man will be a secondary character literally <laughs> the artwork we've seen so far is it's boomerang robbing a bank and he's backed up by rhino the new lady electro from clone conspiracy and i think overdrive and a few other people are there and i'm like oh it's the new superior foes of spider-man with a couple <laughs> of new members although here's the thing with boomerang he's going to have to explain Hey, didn't the Punisher totally kill him in Secret Empire? Although I guess 
No one who died in Secret Empire stayed dead except for Rick Jones and a few other people. Everyone else came back to life. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll probably get, like, some explanation because it's Nick Spencer writing it, and he wrote that as well, so he he came up with that as well. I mean, look, he's such a funny guy, maybe he'll make a joke about it where Boomerang's like, yeah, the Punisher shot me in the head. I got better, though. Fucking events, am I right? (laughs) <laughs> or like like he was so like boomerang was so low down like frank didn't even bother to like double tap him like sure he, he just dead. he just thought that like because he was such a loser he would have died from like the spray yes. <laughs> oh yes please yeah he shot me in the head crap my pants had to do a lot of physical therapy to get back but i'm fine now <laughs> i'm such a loser he didn't even bother shooting me twice i like that i like that a lot but it's like look it's fucking it's fucking boomerang man ammo's expensive i'm not gonna shoot him twice <laughs> look I, I could save that for other villains uh again bringing it back to the cosmic thing apparently he says too that early on in his run spider-man will have to deal with an alien invasion of some kind with funny results oh fun <laughs> fun i know but then at the same time i'm like wait isn't chip zadarsky also doing an alien invasion spider-man story right now that's also becoming a time travel story fuck do you guys not talk to each other <laughs> <laughs> Or I'm sure Spencer's like, no, 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 but mine will be better, though. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I have a real love-hate with Chip Zdarsky Spider-Man. When it's good, it's really freaking good, and when it's bad, you have this 300th issue that came out this week, but we'll talk about that when we talk about what we read this week. <laughs> uh, some other big news from Marvel, fresh start. Hey, Jason Aaron, I'm not leaving Thor. You can't get me off this book. Six years <laughs> and counting. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, he's... He's going to be writing the Avengers as well as this. So I like to think, like, he said, okay, I'll, I'll take the Avengers. And he, like, signs the deal. And he's like, haha, I'd never signed a deal saying I wasn't going to be off Thor. And then locked his office. <laughs> and CB Sabluski's like, fuck. He's, he, he's a wily one, that Jason Aaron. You can't, you can't nail him down. I mean, honestly, I don't know why you would want to kick him off Thor right now. He's been telling one singular focused epic for six years it's like dude you started this whole war of realms thing you gotta finish it now yeah like um yeah why would you kick someone off when the book's been like consistently good the best it's been in a very long time yeah so just like leave him on it and i i do wonder like i don't i don't think it will suffer like him splitting his his uh his attention but uh yeah i'm interested to see like whether we're going to get like tie-ins between both issues and stuff like that i mean the fact that he's writing both almost assures me now that the avengers will cross over with thor and vice versa and be like hey the big war of realms event featuring the avengers or hey everything i'm doing with the dark celestial and everything else hey here's an issue of thor where he's exploring just that yeah well and we also might get like something with that um uh, that Avengers team from Legacy mm. with, with uh, Odin on it and everything. Yeah, and, the 10 yeah. million BC team. Yeah. It'd be fun, too, where Jason Aaron's like, hey, and here's some characters I created. Here, Here's Dog Logan. Remember him? No one cares about <laughs> this character but me. Hey, here's Dario Agar. He's an evil industrialist and Diminator. Wouldn't it be fun if he fought the Avengers? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I'm okay with all of that. Yeah, it'd, it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big new person taking over a book, uh, this is yet another rumor that turned out to be 100% on the money. Ta-Nehisi Coates of Black Panther fame will be taking over Captain America now. 
Cool. When um, does Mark Wade's run end? At the end of this arc, when they hit the big uh, the big landmark number. I don't know what number they were working up to, but basically when that's done, then Ta-Nehisi Coates takes over. Okay, cool. So cool. For, uh, I'm, in, I'm interested. Me too. Uh, they had a whole big write-up uh, at the Atlantic of all places, a.k.a. the place that Ta-Nehisi Coates worked as a journalist before he became a comic writer. The The Atlantic had exclusive uh, insight <laughs> into this, and I'm like, of course they have fucking exclusive insight. He still probably knows people there. That'd be like if I gave Matt exclusive insight into what I'm doing this week. <laughs> ooh, ooh, g- n- nice exclusive insight, Matt. Did you pick up the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I bet you really had to hunt him down for that one. Well, how did that conversation go? Hey, Joel, can I have exclusive access sure (laughs) (laughs) you sure can but yeah i'm interested to see what this guy has to say about captain america because this is a guy obviously who had if you know anything about him and his work has a very interesting uh kind of point of view on what it means to be american and what it means to live in america in 2018 he also said something else really interesting he said you know my work on captain america is less about putting my words in steve's mouth as it is putting steve's words in my head and filtering it through my pen and i'm like oh that's a really good way to think about writing legacy comic characters i like that yeah his um he's kind of like uh pitch that he said that he said that you just uh mentioned yeah is very interesting for captain america i'm interested to see what he's going to do with him especially after uh, Mark Wade's run, which is like it's a bit more classic Captain America. Yeah. That run, a bit more classic with, uh, with obviously Fallout with um, Secret Empire and everything. So it'd be interesting to see how Tanahasi follows that. Absolutely. And before people say, because uh, I know many people were getting this wrong, where it's like, is Tanahasi Coates the first black man to write Captain America? <laughs> it technically second. Christopher Priest wrote Captain America and Falcon for a very short-lived series, so he's technically the first one. Yeah, it won't stop, you know, people no. putting it all on all the websites no, and, and everything. Like, they're like, Black Panther, the first major black superhero film. What about Blade? What about Meteor Man? What about Blank Man? You can't just <laughs> pretend these movies didn't exist. They did. <laughs> uh, no one cares about Wesley Snipes. He didn't pay his taxes. <laughs> That's that's what you lose when you pay, when you don't pay your taxes. You don't get named in the headlines of articles anymore. <laughs> that's that, that's a special little thing there. It's fine print in the U.S. tax code. Don't pay your taxes, you get taken out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean that should be that should be fun. Uh, I'm definitely interested in a lot of these Marvel Fresh Start books. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them seem really cool, and they have some really good talent on them. Like, like I'll put it this way. Even if it wasn't my job to read everything, I would still probably read most of these new number ones. <laughs> yeah, they're all pretty good. They're all pretty good. And from the world of comics to the world of TV, uh, Flash and S.H.I.E.L.D. came back this week, Matt, and I figured it'd be fun if we talked about it. Which, uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Um, well, Flash was on first. There you uh, go. In the week. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so in this episode, they continue to uh, fight it out with the Thinker, who's jumping bodies, even to the bodies of very short, very squeaky-voiced Canadian TV show hosts. (laughs) Yes, but but, but, but they can't hold the the Thinker's mind-body thingy. 
Yeah, because it's too too small. <laughs> he's, he's too intelligent, Matt. I mean, look, I don't know if you know this, but the thinker, you know, it's really intelligent, and you know, you have to have a grasp of basic physics if you're going to house the brain of the thinker. <laughs> you have to have a certain IQ to understand the thinker. Yeah, absolutely. You, you do, and his wife doesn't. And that's causing all sorts of problems. <laughs> Also, his wife's like, "Hey, do you have yeah, to keep yeah. jumping into women's bodies over and over again? What the what the fuck, dude?" <laughs> yeah, that, I, I don't understand that. That's kind of strange that he keeps jumping into women's bodies. I I made the joke before. It's like, look, he jumped into that woman's body. He didn't know he was gonna jump into that woman's body. But a couple scenes later, he's got a new haircut. He's got a new outfit and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> how how long were you planning this for, Devoe? I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying you were really prepared. <laughs> Yeah, he always prepared for every eventuality. <laughs> Look, I had clothes for everyone's body. Look, I had a bunch of, like, eight-foot-tall suits if I was going to jump into Jason Voorhees' body. <laughs> <laughs> Which, look, I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with his choice in bodies, but if I could have picked one, I absolutely would have jumped into the body of Derek Mears, who doesn't want to be an eight-foot-tall horror actor known for playing Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine all the conventions I could get into for free and be like, no, nah, I'm Jason. <laughs> that's his that's his goal that's devoe's goal you know fuck the flash i'm going to conventions for free <laughs> now on yeah hey let's let's talk about that too because obviously that's the big mystery and that's my laundry done that's uh that's the big mystery going forward where it's like you know why why all these specific people and why all these specific powers that he's grabbing what what could you possibly do where you need hacking good luck uh the ability to shrink things and uh, so on and so forth yeah yeah um I, the the one thing that, that that's like um like really confused me is like why does he need all those powers just take the woman's good luck that's like the the best, best power. power like you, you have that you don't need anything else it's true like that power is like so op yeah you, you, she wouldn't need any of that you wouldn't need to hack the the computer because it would just be open yeah you wouldn't need you wouldn't need to like shrink something down because there'd be something there for you to take it away with or something yeah. you know there's nothing you would need those powers for they've created a power that's too good also the power of this week the ability uh to control sound and sonics that's apparently a power that's part of the grand scheme that he's coming up with yeah again why like I, I guess we're going to figure out that's the mystery. What, what I give them credit for is that they actually managed to work in the Fiddler, one of the Flash's more silly <laughs> villains. Yeah, they, they managed to, to work her in. She, she's like a country singer uh, who, who plays a fiddle. <laughs> yes, which is a wonderful inversion of the guy from the comics, because if you know the Fiddler from the comics, he's just like a weird freaking uh, Beethoven-looking dude who played a yeah. fiddle and committed crimes. His name was Isaac Bowen. The woman in the show is Izzy Bowen. And here's the thing. There was a female fiddler. I know this because she was a member of the Suicide Squad for a minute. She inherited the original fiddler's fiddle after Deadshot killed him. But she didn't call herself the fiddler, though. She called herself Virtuoso. <laughs> Oh, okay then. Which is one of my favorite bad guy names ever, Virtuoso. <laughs> it's a lot to say, though. And what's interesting is I, I kept expecting her to be a bad guy, but she wasn't. They actually try and recruit her and try and make her into a hero. 
yeah, she never really was a bad guy. And yeah, this was this was like um Ralph Dibney's turn to like yeah. I, th- I like they they even make like a joke about it. it's like oh it's, it's his turn to like go out into the hallway and give her the talk. <laughs> and that happens so freaking much in this show, doesn't? How many times yeah, have yeah. they had a fight, ran out in the hall only to have one conversation be like you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's it, like every other episode. <laughs> they they even double reference it to the big crossover. They're like, watch out, killer robots come out of that elevator sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Ralph. I like what they're doing with him. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, you can't have a relationship with country music woman because you need to have a relationship with Sue when she shows up. <laughs> yeah, we all know how that ends. Uh-huh, not great. St- stay away from guys named Dr. Light. <laughs> Although they're actually, wait no isn't 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 Doctor Light a woman in this? In, isn't she in this? Yeah. Yes, they did the heroic version of Doctor Light, who's a woman, but yeah. but it's not Hoshi from the comics. It's the woman that uh, Kid Flash Wally is supposed to be dating, but isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they kind of messed up with that one, but hey, things happen. There's also an interesting side plot here of like Harrison Wells trying to become friends with uh, Joe's newest girlfriend by helping her out with uh, her whole psychic problem that she has. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Though It's it's kind of weird that, like, the, this Wells has been around for a while. Why is it, like, only now that he's, like, like suddenly he's like, I'm Robot Wells, I don't have friends because I'm yeah. too logical. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, they kind of regressed a lot of his character development for the good of this episode. I can see what they were thinking, and that is, huh, you know what, I don't think these two characters have ever had a conversation with each other. Hey, tell you what, let's yeah. build a whole episode around them being friends and how they uh, bounce off each other. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was fun. I, I liked it. It was it nice was to give good. them something to do, and it's it's kind of fun that at the end of the episode, it's her who's going to be a mother and who is a mother, being like, "Look, just just call your daughter." Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesse Quick, I think she she's coming back next next episode or something. It's about time. So. Yeah, I know. She's just been like off doing stuff i don't know you, you know what it probably was they're like look we have wally and we have jesse and we'll have wally forever oh no wait the actor's kind of flaky about it. okay tell you what how about jesse comes back now and jesse is the sidekick i it's funny because the, the actor who played wally west was like flaky about it and now he's like a series regular on, on legends of tomorrow so freaking weird i don't know like apparently that guy has a lot going on in his personal life and everything that has affected the shows and they've all just been super, super accommodating and super cool with him. Yeah, yeah. He, he him on, on this week's Legends was pretty fun with yeah. with Rip. Part, oh yeah, I oh at the very end there when uh was there when he comes to recruit him and he's apparently stolen Ezra Miller's man bun. I think you might have missed the episode. No, I think I did. Yeah, I did miss it. Yeah, I, I saw him. Yeah, it was a, such a fun episode. Yeah, yeah. In in this newest episode, yeah, he recruits him and they like go to like 1992 Tokyo and get drunk oh, wow. and uh, at like karaoke bars and like he steals a bunch of stuff from the the time not time lord people um uh what else happens oh yeah that it, it's it was um an episode based around blackbeard oh that sounds fun and, and the legends like um have found like another one of those stones that sounds totally like my cup of tea. I'll have to catch up on that. See, that's the thing with superhero TV now. There's so freaking much now. You miss stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I only watched it like a couple of days ago, but it was a really fun episode. But then the ending was ruined by Ray being Ray, oh, and that is doing something stupid for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess with that, we can talk about Shield. Uh, this is their first 
episode back after their short hiatus, which left on the cliffhanger of like, oh, are they going to get home or are they going to get back to modern day? They do, but once they get back, oh, crap, we're also wanted criminals now. Yeah, and I don't know whether they explain it in the show, but did they say how long they were gone for? Or was it like one of those things that they do in time travel where they like disappear and they're back like a couple of minutes later? They haven't said it, but if I had to guess by the way everyone's acting, I'm assuming it's that. I'm assuming they came back seconds after they left. Yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I really liked this episode. I thought it was really good with them sort of figuring out what the hell is going on in current time now and like trying to, trying to fix what happened in the future yeah. from happening before it can happen. And of course they bring back their buddy from the future who acts a fool in the present. He gets Zima <laughs> drunk, which I didn't even think was possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you, when you don't have any tolerance to alcohol, no. he gets super Zima wasted, man. Zima was probably so happy with basically the commercial they gave him. Cause it's like, he tries beer and he's like, Oh, that's disgusting. Do you have anything that's like that, but tastes good? Oh yeah. Zima. <laughs> it's like beer, but tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Zima stocks rose this week. <laughs> yes. Does it ever. Here, here's the thing. Like I actually went back and I'm like, I thought they stopped making Zima in the United States. Apparently they did for quite a few years. Then only in seven, uh, 2017 did they come back making Zima again, but a very short supply of it. Yeah, it's a very limited supply of the stuff, and apparently it's really popular. Yeah, I, I think he... I've never, I've never tried it. It's not, not a thing over here. No, I don't think we ever really had it here in Canada either. If it was, I would have tried it by now, just because Zima is the punchline of so many jokes, <laughs> like this one. Hell, I think after this episode, I think they might have drank all the Zima that was left in the world. <laughs> just for this show, and you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it absolutely worth it oh hey uh the the sunday school kid in me laughed uh what is it their chronicon friend they met enoch has uh what is it a predecessor and his name is noah get it enoch yeah. the guy who wrote one of the first books of the bible his you know uh descendant noah who would build the ark and he's there literally in a bomb shelter that is a giant ark for humanity <laughs> and i'm like yeah i i thought that was pretty cool and i'm like oh my sunday school is showing here i i get those references hey also too that was uh that was joel moore getting to play a robot much like he wanted to be a robot in grandma's boy now he is a robot yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was thinking about Grandma's boy when I saw that when I saw him. <laughs> I was oh. like, hey, he's a ro- he got he got the robotic legs. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck! We're trapped in a bunker with JP. Shit. <laughs> Hello, agents of Shield. Nah. Oh, and Patrick Warburton was in this episode too. Yeah, he was like um, the AI, not AI thing for the bunker that was created in like the 70s. <laughs> yeah, he looked like Walt Disney. It's basically the role yeah. that Patrick Warburton was born to play. Yeah, Walt Disney, uh, Howard Stark. <laughs> All just crammed together. See, that's what's great about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. You never know who's going to show up. I know, they, they have had some really great character actors uh, in, in, like, bit parts as well as, like, ongoing parts throughout the series. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, they introduce a new, very threatening cabal of villains who actually have costumes and everything. They have costumes and everything. The, the henchmen seem to be LMDs or some yes. form of robot. Which is and, uh, so yeah, they, smart. And, yeah, they seem pretty... 
It is. It is so smart because it allows them to like actually kill and you can do everything. whatever you want to a robot on cable TV, and it's a okay. You can be as violent and sadistic as you want. Yeah, or until like the the robot the the robot equivalent of Peter get get in your face. <laughs> what would the robot <laughs> version of that? People for the ethical treatment of robots. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you can't do that to robots, man. They're thinking, feeling, be. Oh, what? They're not. They're not actually thinking and feeling. Shit. <laughs> but they can fake it though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this episode is really good, and it ended on like a oh, goddamn huge cliffhanger. Yes, very brutal too. Something happens to a character that we have been wondering forever. Hey, are they ever going to do this thing to the character? Then they do. They do, and it it. I didn't think they would do it. No, no and I'm no. like, I'm like, oh, she's, oh, she's, she's got, she's got the throne disc. She, she's gonna do it. She got, she did it. There they are on the floor over there, all bleeding and everything. That, that's fine. You and Colson will have something in common. Hey, you've got a cool robot <laughs> appendage. I've got a cool robot appendage. They look great, don't they? <laughs> I have two cool robot appendages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm twice as cool as you with my robot arms. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's a little. Uh, TV talk everyone we hope you enjoyed that uh, again probably next week when we do the show we can talk about Star Wars Rebels when it's finally done done and we can actually talk about it with some authority yeah Star Wars Rebels the 100th episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. yeah um, I guess whatever else is on at the time yeah whatever else is on there's going to be a lot of stuff that's on man we keep adding stuff to our thing we talked last week about Krypton and how Brainiac looked great and it was like shit are we going to have to start watching Krypton now <laughs> i think we're gonna have to start watching it it comes out on like the 21st of march or something yeah it comes out fairly soon yeah and i'm i'm cautiously optimistic after seeing that brainiac yeah you 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 get one episode krypton please don't blow your wad with brainiac (laughs) in episode one then we never see him again like oh no no no, no. we blew the entire budget on that brainiac effect (laughs) the the rest of the series is literally going to be jeff johns with finger puppets (laughs) Filmed on a black screen. <laughs> there you go. That's how much money we had to save. <laughs> but boy, did we save it. <laughs> uh, and with that, everyone, we can finally hop on over to what we read this week. Pretty decent-sized week. I was actually able to catch up on quite a lot of series that I haven't in a while. And I even uh, did a little video that will be up by the time everyone else gets to see this. But I actually went back and I caught up on all these New Age of Heroes books. Oh, did you? What did, what did you think of, of the ones that are out at the moment? None of them are bad. I will say that right up front, but they are all incredibly derivative, at least in issue one. Again, their first issues, there's no telling where they could go from here, but by and large, yes, they are mostly facsimiles of Marvel stuff that already exists. Probably the most interesting one is The Silencer, because they invert a lot of stuff about the Punisher here and there, where it's like, hey, what if it was a woman? What if she had a family? What if she was an assassin instead of a soldier? Uh, what if she knew Talia al Ghul, etc., etc.? Uh, if I was to read a second issue of any of them, I probably would read a second issue of that, but even then, I'm not running out to do any of that. See, Silence is the only one I didn't read because I looked at it and said, yeah, it's just Punisher. I know what I'm going to be getting in that. Ooh, but 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 maybe instead of her, uh, what is it? Her husband and child being killed. Maybe only her husband will be killed, and maybe she has to take the child on the road with her while she does Punisher stuff. 
Oh, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> that will be. But here's the thing. Uh, one thing I actually enjoyed is they explained, like, well, why is she called the silencer? Does she kill people with a gun silencer? Does she silence them forever? No, her actual power is, is that she can create, uh, what is it, like a, like a no-sound dome over her. Basically like the cone of silence from Get Smart, which when you're an assassin comes in really handy. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I did think, like, when looking at it, silence, I'm thinking, oh, that's, like, Punisher. That he, she's silencing the criminals yeah. that had did, did her wrong. But, yeah, that, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, she actually has a power. And I'm like, see, you should have led with that on the cover. Without that, <laughs> she really does just look like a derivative Punisher. And, you know, hey, it, it doesn't help that John Romita Jr. is drawing it. And John Romita Jr. Yep. drew, like, Punisher Warzone. And she's doing the exact same pose on the cover. Where I'm like, look, I know these other creators had no way of knowing. But it's like, John, you knew. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the damage is, like, the, the one that I'm definitely probably not going to read. No, damn it. Because it's, it's literally the Hulk. <laughs> it's it's just Hulk, but moreover than that, it's less interesting version of Hulk because yeah. damage, oh, he's a soldier who wanted to help his country, but he was manipulated into becoming a walking WMD, and I'm like, oh, oh, so he was already a meathead warfighter? Yeah, that's nowhere near as interesting as Bruce Banner, who was a big brain, a sensitive scientist who wanted to help the world, you know, but was forced to make weapons against his better judgment and, you know, who tried to save someone from getting hurt by those weapons and ended up becoming a monster and always having to juggle those two parts of his personality. Yeah, Damage is a much less interesting version of the Hulk. Yeah, which is a shame because they got, like, what, uh, uh tony daniel drawing oh, yeah. it I, I is he like doing script as well or like, who's who's writing that one uh, i can't remember just which no justin jordan is writing one of them i forget i think he's writing sideways i think yeah i think so uh yeah i, I don't know if uh, daniels is writing but he's definitely drawing yeah, so the book looks really nice. Yes, it's just it does. The story, the story is not very good. No, no, it's not. Like, again, they could go places with it, but at the same time, I'm like, or I could just go read this new Hulk book that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the other one? Sideways, which is literally Spider-Man. Again, that's a book that looks really nice. Yes, it does. Kenneth Rockford. Yeah, but yeah, again, I'll just go read the new Spider-Man that's coming out. Oh, oh, it was it's Robert Vendetti who was writing oh, Damage. See, that surprises me because that he's really good with like Green Lanterns and stuff like that. Uh, the stuff he's done on the Green Lantern books and everything. So like, I was really surprised that this is like literally just the Hulk. It, it's funny too because it's like, hey, you know, Vendetti, you also did a lot of work for Valiant, didn't you? Huh? Damage feels like the Hulk, but it's also paced like a Valiant book. Also, hey, sideways, you, you're Spider-Man, but you have the same color scheme of Quantum and Woody. <laughs> oh, I'll be damned. And again, too, sideways, where it's like, okay, so this is literally just Spider-Man. He's a young kid. He has a Flash Thompson. He goes to high school. He doesn't live with his aunt, but he lives with adopted parents. And instead of, you know, using his powers to wrestle and make money, uh, he has, like, a live show on Twitch where it's like, okay, I'm doing crazy yeah. stunts now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that makes it a bit more, you know, hip with the kids. But also, I just I just thought as well, like damage. It seems like 
oh well, well that book doomed didn't work well for us so let's <laughs> let's do it let's have another stab at it but this time we'll make it more like the hulk matt matt sometimes i love you and i love that you remembered that dc <laughs> once put out a book called doomed and that it was about like a kid doomsday it was literally the hulk but with doomsday <laughs> dcu everyone dcu it happened but not for long <laughs> yeah um but one that came out this week from the uh new age of heroes was the yes. terrifics this is what we were building up to yes yeah the terrifics is probably the best one of them all it's the one that definitely has the most hooks into dark knight's metal that's another thing all these like new age of heroes books are supposed to spin out of uh dark knight's metal but like only two do yeah, I'm like, like, well, how do all these spin out? Like, are these do these people like get powers from the dark universe? Or? Uh, it's implied sideways because that's does. not being like told to us. I know it's implied that that's yeah. where sideways got his powers, but for everyone else, it's just like meh. In fact, for Silencer, they straight up say, "Oh yeah, she's the world's greatest assassin. She's existed in the universe for a long time." So like pre Dark Knight's metal. Yep. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense to me. I can see why um, they changed the name of this from Dark Universe to New Age of Heroes. They're like, oh, this has very little to do with the Dark Universe. Maybe we should change the name. Yeah, but uh, but the Trifics has, like, direct uh, connections to it because they literally travel to the Dark Universe in this first issue. Yes, this, this issue takes place after the events of Dark Knight's Metal, and it's like, oh, so I guess everyone got out okay, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing that that last issue was delayed. So, like, I imagine it was meant to come out this week yeah. or last week. So, yeah. <laughs> they uh, they work in all the characters. You got Mr. Terrific, who's like, hey, man, my, uh, my star is really on the rise after helping out Batman. Uh, he's fighting <laughs> Simon Stagg, who, of course, is the guy who creates Metamorpho. And, hey, Metamorpho, I notice your rocky, craggy hand is orange now. Yeah. What? So, Wonder what? What? Wonder why that's a thing. I wonder why that's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, they actually have a cool bit with Metamorpho that, of course, Simon Stagg, because he's an evil industrialist, is like, Mahaha, I will tap into the dark universe for money, probably. And <laughs> I'll use Metamorpho to do so. And because Metamorpho can become basically anything he touches, he ends up becoming like a being of pure nth metal. Yeah, yeah. And um, because of that, obviously, we know that that opens the dark universe portal and he can't close it because of the dark universe energy and everything and rex going basically insane because of the 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 nth metal so mr terrific has to use his nth metal or metal equivalent which is uh plastic man yes who is the fast talking fun one very much like johnny storm <laughs> even kind of looks like him but like with black hair yeah they, they kind of handsomed Elo o'brien up a little bit and i'm like oh that's that's funny i don't think he ever looked like that before but yeah i mean johnny johnny was also the heartthrob of the team and the other two ain't heartthrobs so i guess we gotta no. do this oh, oh come yeah. on I, i'm mr terrific i'm i'm a big nerd i'm very handsome look i'll take my mask off <laughs> It is good to know as well that, like, this is the first time Plastic Man has been opened. Like, obviously, so obviously he doesn't get opened in, like, Metal Issue 6. And yeah. we, we see him teased and everything. But, yeah, this is the first time uh, he gets opened. And he gets opened because he goes into the Dark Universe. But, yeah, so I guess he doesn't go into the Dark Universe in, in Issue 6. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> thanks for the spoiler, everyone. I was really expecting Plastic Man to come out and save everybody. I guess not. They, they meet up with an invisible woman. Oh, sorry, I mean Phantom Girl. 
Yeah. <laughs> who is there? Yeah, who, can, who, who they can see because she's in her tangible form there and not go. invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm an invisible woman. I'm just not invisible at this moment. I'm invisible like <laughs> most of the time, just not now. Yeah, um, they arrive in the Dark Universe on the body of not Galactus. Oh, I know, right? It's there's, <laughs> there, there's not... Not Galactus is also in Sideways, and then I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's not the Watcher, and maybe these are not Celestials they're on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, look, looking very much like a Kirby-esque drawing, let's say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, they, they have a little bit of an adventure in there and they find a message from Tom Strong. Now that uh, Tom blew Strong. my fucking mind. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, they worked in Tom Strong? Yeah, isn't he going to be leading a team of these people as well? Mm. Isn't he on like Challenges of the Unknown or something? Or? He, he might be. I've lost track of all the other books. But yeah, friggin' Tom Strong, who was an Alan Moore creation, was in Vertigo and has now made the official jump to mainstream DC Comics. Yeah, so either that he'll be having his own team or he'll be joining these guys or maybe he'll turn evil and become some type of doom doctor or something. Oh, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he is a scientist and he is a man of the world and everything and you could, you know, just push him a little bit and he could be a little morally dubious and you're right, this team needs a Doctor Doom and holy shit, imagine if their Doctor Doom was Tom Strong. <laughs> I had, That'd be pretty cool, actually. Matt, I think you guessed the ending. I really think you did because you're right. I'm like yeah oh i hope i didn't i'm like man everything fantastic four is in this first issue but yeah who's gonna be their doctor doing that can't be simon stag though he's a lot closer to the mole man than anything <laughs> but yeah oh my god if they made tom strong a villain holy shit again alan moore would have to come from his cave and be like what the fuck are you doing out here <laughs> is, is you all i don't answer the phone anymore <laughs> So I get to hear shit like this. They did what to the Watchmen? <laughs> oh, no. Can I die now? <laughs> no, Alan, not until we say so. <laughs> yeah, DC have his, like, portrait that if he looks at, he'll die. But they got that in storage, eh? like, keeping him alive. The portrait of Morian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if we still put funny titles on these, that would be the episode title, The Portrait of Morian Gray. <laughs> but but again, like all jokes aside, Terrifics is fine. All of these uh, New Age of Heroes books are fine. They're just really derivative, and I wonder, will they find an audience if they continue to be so derivative? Yeah, I wonder that, but as also as well, like, um, with obviously like stuff like the Fantastic Four coming back, Bruce Banner coming back, all the all the books that these books were trying to fill the gap of coming back, will they suddenly like after however many issues they've got already written, suddenly do like a swerve and suddenly they're like something completely different? You know what? I think they've also done probably the smart thing where it's like, no, 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 they're they're in the universe, they're in continuity. Look, they're hanging out with Amanda Waller and Tally Al Ghul and everything. Uh, will we see Batman and Superman? Uh, give it a year and see if they're popular. Then we'll get to meet Batman and Superman. If not, we're going to cut them off and pretend they never happened. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it's going to be. They're going to be like, yeah, we'll we've got a story with where like batman comes and helps the terrifics and superman then gets the fight damage and thing oh we'll, we'll, we'll put off them for a little bit and just wait and see <laughs> yeah i i think that's what this universe is it's a wait and see universe to which it's like man bet you wish you didn't pour so much time money and some of your best artists and creative teams on this huh 
Yeah, I do know for the second issue of Damage, however, that Wonder Woman appears at the end of it. Yeah, okay, okay, see, so they're already ramping it up then. But okay, it, it's different for those heroes to show up in their book. When the New Age heroes end up showing up in the main book, then you'll know <laughs> they're actually taking it serious. Yeah, then, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the, the canon. <laughs> yeah, to which it's like, man, you know, for books that are trying so hard to be like, hey, everyone, Marvel not giving you what you need, want to come over to the competition. I think that they kind of missed maybe one of the biggest lessons that they should have learned from Marvel, and that is the lesson they learned with the Inhumans and the X-Men, by which, of course, I mean you can give people something close to what they like, you can give people something reminiscent of what they like, but at the end of the day people don't want those things people want the thing they like and they won't shut up about wanting the thing they like until you give it to them <laughs> yep yep so maybe you should just give them the thing they like <laughs> also too it's like don't don't you have characters in your universe that are like marvel characters anyway couldn't you have like run with that because obviously you know the other way around you know marvel has the squadron supreme that's like oh so they're just dc characters surely dc has equivalents right they do. They actually. I where, what issue of the series was it? I remember they were in. I think they might have been in like Multiversity or something. But there was, there was like a like what was literally the Avengers. Right, 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 right. Because uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, the extremists. They're led by the guy who is basically just Doctor Doom of the DC yeah. universe. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe he'll show up in Terrifics. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll. He, he's he's. He, He's, in the, he's the villain of the JLA at the moment, so yeah, maybe they'll like pass him off down the line from Justice League JLA down, down to Terrifics. Here you go. <laughs> hey, we need to create a new Doctor Doom facsimile. No worries, we already have one. <laughs> well, what's his reason for hating the Terrifics? I don't know, we'll write one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, again, they, they are mostly fine, but like so far after reading all these first issues, not nearly interesting enough to make me want to keep reading. No, they'd have to do something pretty big and pretty, like, creatively uh, different than what they are at the moment to get me to keep reading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did we have this week, Matt? Uh, we had Action Comics issue 998. We did. We're working our way up to that big number 1,000. And this finally, finally puts this booster shot storyline to a close, which is good because I could not help but feel this story went on for way too long. It did, didn't it? It should have been like one issue shorter, I think. It, it really should have been. Heck, I think you could have done this in three, but they're like, no, 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 we got to stretch it out to get to 1,000. Yeah, that kind of feels like what it, it did, but I did enjoy it. I, I, you know why it was stretched out? I reckon it was because of that that one issue that was like mainly booster. Oh yeah, I think I think I think Dan Yogg is like, please come on, guys, just let, let me just, let me just do, do just just do one one issue where I just get to write booster for like the whole whole issue. Oh fine, <laughs> sure, whatever. Also, too, for a story that was supposed to be all about booster gold, worrying that Superman would affect the space time continuum by going back to try and see Krypton uh, during its explosion i love that the grand finale of this book booster's like oh no superman your family was murdered when you weren't here you want to go back and save them <laughs> I, I, well well he he didn't take them back booster went back himself without superman right. knowing right and that so was, and, and he did and i think he did that because like oh he's already seen one loss today yeah. you know if he has an L and it's probably going to push, push him over the edge and yeah. this is going to become injustice i know we don't <laughs> want that it's also like kind of a bringing it full circle of like oh superman helped me out with my family uh family problems now i'm going to help him out with his 
Yeah, yeah, it's very, very much like that. Yeah, I mean, beyond that, there's not really too much to say about it. This this was basically Booster saves the day. He even takes uh, General Zod hostage with, like, a shred of kryptonite, and he's like, ah, you see, you thought that would keep Superman busy, and it would, but it doesn't affect me. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that. I liked, like, uh, Skeets, while destroyed, possesses, like, an Eradicator and, like, the Eradicator army to, like, stop the, the main Eradicator. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was an all right issue. I, I enjoyed it. And I liked that it capped off and led into like next issue, which is obviously Sam Lane formally meeting John as well as like, I guess, re-meeting Clark in mm-hmm. Rebirth as well and everything. Now that's going to be good. That's the story I wanted to see them tell. And that's the story I'm definitely the most excited for. I am. I'm really excited. And I'm also like wondering like, I wonder if they're. I wonder if they're going to tell Sam Lane that he's Superman, or like, wonder what's going to happen there because it, it, it's a bit awkward with like, oh, now Superman's working with this boy mm. who's like a Superboy. It suddenly, you know. <laughs> hey, he looks just like my son or my grandson. He doesn't even wear glasses or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I would actually like that very much. I think that would be a bold way for uh, Dan Jurgens to end off his run and be like, yep, and now Sam Lane knows about the alien heritage of his son-in-law and grandson. Because it's like, you know, if you if you still hate aliens at that point, then you're just a dick. Yeah, yeah. I did like it at the end, though, that where, like, um, John is, like, like, hyping up Superman. He's like, oh, my father says Superman's so cool. And he, and and. Sam's like, oh, we're going to need to have a talk, son. <laughs> Let me tell you about these illegal aliens. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Look, see, I got this program to build a wall, you see. It's a really big one in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's a space wall. It's, it's going to keep out all them uh, aliens. <laughs> it's called Operation Space uh, Space Wall. Luthor's funding it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's funding it, Grandpa. What else would he be doing? <laughs> oh god damn yeah so you know it it was what it was i'm more interested for the next one yeah and then then we got the big a thousand issue yes thousand issue Uh, i like we have a big a thousandth issue and then we're also getting uh what is it special issues to end both this run and superman's run yeah they're they're coming in may i believe yeah that's uh that'll be great i really I'm excited for those. I think both, you know, uh, Jurgens and Abnett have done an amazing job, and Tomasi and everyone else have done great work uh, with Superman. I can't wait to see, you know, them, you know, write their final word on it, more or less, as we enter the Bendis era, you know, very, <laughs> very uh, cautiously, optimistically entering the Bendis yes. era. Yeah, cautiously wading through it and just to see what'll happen. <laughs> let's let's see, man. How how good was his elevator pitch, man? Let's see. <laughs> Although I guess in issue a thousand, because it's going to be a collection of stories, we'll get a taste more or less of what Bendis's Superman could look like. Yeah, and I don't think I think not long after the thousandth issue, he starts his mini series because you know I know he doesn't go on the book straight away. No, he go, he's got got like that six issue mini series or something, which is very weird in and of itself. But okay, yeah. I mean, when does that ever happen? Like, okay, you're a big new hotshot writer. Write a miniseries, then you get to take over the other two books. Yeah, it's well, it's leading into it, so it's not like a, an Elseworlds or anything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's also, too, where it's like, okay, so the miniseries is a must-read. Be sure to tell people that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 you, you, you don't skip this. You don't want to skip this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Uh, I guess from Action Comics we can talk about Detective Comics. Ooh, Lordy, nine seventy-five. This was this the, the, this one was emotional. This one was a lot to take in. Oh, was it ever? <laughs> uh-huh. The the trial of Batwoman, although ironically the whole trial concept is called into question by the sidekicks. Batman essentially throws a mock trial for Kate Kane after the uh, killing of Clayface. And he invites all the sidekicks, but not all the sidekicks. And he says, all right, what, what are we to do about this Batwoman, we who cluck our tongues and stroke our beards in the superhero community? <laughs> Yeah, and they all are like, well, she did the right thing, and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, no, adopted kids, I called you here to back my play, I called you here to stroke my ego and tell me I was right, and they're like, well, you're not, you're not always right, Bruce, I mean, you know, to state, to state some precedent here, and then they just kind of go around the room, and the whole issue is what all the sidekicks think. Yeah, and I, I find it funny that, like, Batgirl, like, reveals the real reason why the night protocol and everything was put together and it was basically just to protect kate from what she said to bruce when he was younger about wanting to go and kill the criminals that that killed her mother and killed bruce's mother and father and everything she uh, barbara tears into him probably harder than anyone and she says a line that is so perfect she says you know this isn't about what kate did this is about her breaking your rules and bruising your ego yeah, and it really is, and, and I like that he doesn't deny it either. No. He, he just sits there in silence. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah you, you kid's got a freaking point. Hell, uh, I wish Tynan could have continued to write Red Hood, because he actually writes Jason in a way that I would want to read about him, because Jason says, look, you know, yeah. you, can, you can say she dishonored the bat symbol all you want, but the fact is I, I dishonored the bat symbol way worse and for way longer, and you still talk to me. And you still, and, you know, yeah. and even though you do talk to me, you treat me like the black sheep of the family. You treat me like shit almost to make, you know, everyone else prop them up a little higher. Yeah, and he's like, well, if there's more room at the black sheep table with me, so you can just send her my way. Yeah, send, it's send, fine. Yeah, send her my way for Christmas dinner. Shit. Hey, uh, Batwoman and Red Hood, that's a book right there. <laughs> yeah, they both got red in their costumes. They both have, I mean, heck, they look like they should hang out. <laughs> <laughs> and of course Night- they do. <laughs> and nightwing being the nicest one where it's like look you know she she did wrong and everything but you know you you, you don't kick out family and, you know she wants to start earning her way back in i think we should let her earn her way back and i'm like ah oh, dick he's always the nice one yeah and then damien's like no one should be a bat family but him but me <laughs> which is such a wonderfully beautiful dick line it's like ah you all suck and i'm great <laughs> <laughs> wonder what john's doing right now my one friend yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's it was really realistic because that's about as much as, like, what a, a 13-year-old would add to this discussion. Yeah, it's like, why do we even talk to you, Damien? <laughs> the, the other beautiful thing, too, it's like, look, Batman, you're putting on this metaphorical trial for Kate. If you really cared, you'd have invited her to this trial. Also, too, you say this is all for Orphan and everything and you worry about her well-being. Uh, you know she lives in an abandoned theater, right? Why didn't you invite her to come live in the mansion? Oh my god, you're scared of her, aren't you? Oh my god, you're scared of anyone whose credit cards you can't cut off. <laughs> you you brought Batwoman in here as an equal, and now you don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of all falling apart around Batman. Is it ever? And you're right, the beautiful part about this is Batman's like, Wow, I got told. <laughs> yeah yeah he, he kind of realizes that everything he's he's done is wrong so far i'm not and I, um I, i'm not even mad you kids told me you told me off good 
<laughs> and then the, the thing is, well, like what he thought he was doing right ended up like making everything so much worse because obviously Kate went and agreed and joined her father and possibly has the backing of Luke Fox and Azrael. <laughs> yes, which th- that was the one thing I kind of like raised a finger question mark over. I'm like, OK, but why are Luke and Azrael so loyal to Batwoman? Oh, I'm sure they hope if they go join her team, maybe they'll actually get some panel time and maybe they won't lose every fight that they're in. Hey, yeah, we're we're in the first responder unit. Yeah, we're not the backups anymore. We're not the backups backups. We can do stuff now. (laughs) Oh, poor Batwing and Asriel. Do we get cool new costumes? No, but you get this red bat symbol for your chest. Yay. (laughs) We, We get things. That's fun. We're happy now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see where this book is going, especially because this is more or less the beginning of the end for Tynan's run on the book. And he's like, this is what we're building up to, everyone. Colony versus Bat Family. Who's going to win? Yeah, well, it's going to be a bit hard when the Bat Family are, like, at each other's throats now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which aren't they always. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But this uh, this more so than much. <laughs> yeah, and it's a beautifully written story too because I know it generated a lot of conversation in my comment section over who was right and who was in the wrong and everything. A lot of mm-hmm. people just instinctively went uh, to Batman's side because it's his book. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple of them as well. And yeah, then, then I got some people that were telling them like, well, you know, he, he kind of is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He even kind of admits it at the end. And then some people who were really conflicted where it's like, oh, geez, you know, I want to agree with Batman, but he's acting like a crazy person in this issue. And I'm like, he kind of is a crazy person. He goes out at night in bat pajamas and punches people. (laughs) He he tries to keep a promise he made to his, like, dead parents when he was eight years old. That's kind of insane, isn't it? everyone else is more well-adjusted than him and told him off. And uh, although admittedly they say Kate suffers from a lot of the same issues, she too is trying to keep a promise she made to her dead mother. Yeah, she is. That That's shown very well at like the beginning and the end as well. And yeah, I, I, I like what they've been doing in this book. This is easily the most complex version of Batwoman they've done where she's like, look, I don't like what I did shooting Clayface but the fact is I had to do it none of you had a plan and he could very easily have killed Orphan if he started rampaging again don't don't hate me because I chose to act yeah yeah also this is like the Batman book where like Batman does something wrong and we're not like furious about it like in King's book when he does something absolutely fucking stupid here it makes sense (laughs) because the point was for him to do something wrong and to be in the wrong and the other characters actually call him on it not where in the King book he does something stupid and wrong and everyone is supposed to not only roll with it but compliment him as well Yeah, tell him how awesome he is and everything. Or just pretend it doesn't happen. That's the other annoying thing. It's like, well, everyone kind of fucked that whole thing up. Are we going to talk about it? No, we're not going to talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's done very competently here, and I'm glad that there is a bat book that we can go to after reading what is a really terrible run on the main bat book. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on right now. They're taking the shine off Batman and challenging him. We're getting that here in Detective Comics, and we're getting it in White Knight, too. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's. I think writers have suddenly realized that. Oh, a lot of people don't really like that whole, uh, what I like to call bat wank. Yeah, the, the bat wank or the bat god, if you would. I think we had quite a few yeah. years there in the new Fifty Two. Good stories. Don't yeah. get me wrong, of Scott Snyder, but it's like you no, know, Batman is basically unto a god. 
Yeah, he, he can do no wrong. Everything he does is amazing. I, I have a machine that lets me get my memories back that I built in for such a situation wherein I might lose my memories. Yeah. I literally built a god machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did we have? Ooh, I guess we had Avengers this week, too. Yeah, yeah. Big uh, Avengers book that was um, pretty interesting. Focus pretty interesting. Piece, focus piece on Red Wolf, of all people. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Wolf, who, yeah, hasn't really gotten a lot of uh, uh, spotlight shot on him in quite some time. Since, since like, he had that, that short-lived series. Very short-lived. I could imagine him being like, hey, hey, it's me, Red Wolf. Remember me? I had a book for a minute. You, you guys seemed really into pushing me for a second. Then you stopped. <laughs> what was what was up with that he uh he kind of deciphers uh what's going on on the battlefield and that is you know hey the bad guys don't seem too worried about anything but grabbing those pyramids i bet if i grabbed it i could find out what's on the other side you just gotta believe me when i say i'm coming back yeah yeah and, and of course like hawkeye's the only one who like trusts him because they've been on like a team together yes. um yeah, that was really cool. I like that. Like, it just took him just to like he did. It wasn't even fighting. He was just like sort of standing there and taking it all in, and sort of just. And that's like what the Avengers haven't done yet. They just haven't stood there and just like watched. Yeah, they're too busy fighting to observe. It's it's also kind of that thing where it's like no one expects Red Wolf to come through, but he comes through. <laughs> yeah, of all characters, it was Red Wolf. It was who Red, saves the day. <laughs> Red Wolf. He was the best of us. He was. He was. <laughs> Man, I, I was thinking about this the other day. When we make that joke that he was the best of us, do people even know what we're referencing anymore? Probably not. <laughs> it's been like eight goddamn years, more or less. We're referencing early on in the Walking Dead TV show when they talk about T-Dog, who never did anything important, <laughs> who sat back quietly when everyone else was talking about what to do with the group, and then when he died, the characters had the audacity to say, T-Dog, he was the best of us. <laughs> Oh, I still laugh at the. I remember I rewatched the The Walking Dead and that scene came and I just couldn't stop laughing. It's the, <laughs> I just couldn't stop. It is one of the finest moments of unintentional comedy. And like, don't they continue to go on and like write shit for T Dog and be like, yeah, man, when uh, what is it? When the zombie outbreak happened, you know, he helped little old ladies escape and stuff. Man, T Dog, man, he was the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> then they kept like in, like there was a couple episodes worth of them just inventing amazing feats that T Dog did off camera. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like I think I think like the way he died as well. He like cut his arm or something. Yes, and yeah, on like a door or something. Yeah, <laughs> T Dog truly uh, he was the best of us, and now so is Red Wolf. Although we actually mean it with Red Wolf, he actually got some shit done. He did get some shit done, and um. What else happened this issue? Uh, yeah, we got like that. We got obviously the reveal of the Immortal Hulk. Mm, yes, the new Al Ewing series. This is what he's going to look like. And they even basically give you the tagline in this issue. Oh, he can't die. Maybe he could never die. He's the Immortal Hulk. Yeah. And what, what's really interesting is that this, they, they also tag him as Bruce Banner as well. Because mm. obviously in, the, in that series, we're going to be getting, he's, he's going to be like Bruce Banner by day and at night. He, he becomes the hulk or something he's, he's a like werewolf. a like a yeah like green werewolf um basically <laughs> which, which um, I, so which i love to apparently they say in that series he's going to be pointing his hulkishness towards people who deserve it so i just had this hilarious image in my mind of bruce banner just like drinking coffee outside a meth lab like any minute now 
any minute now when that sun <laughs> yeah, goes down. Yeah, he's got watch. <laughs> you're you're going to get it any minute. And when that sun goes, oh, man, you're not even ready for this. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing that interests me about that was obviously because, oh, like, he, he can only be the Hulk when he's, at like, at night. So it's, like, a time thing. Mm. What is it with them with, like, making characters that, like, Hulk out have a time thing? Damage has it. He does. Red Hulk has it. I guess um, they think I'm pretty he's pretty sure another one had. I guess they think he, he that the Hulk is just way too powerful and way too OP, and at least putting a time limit on it is some way to create drama. I guess so, yeah. Although it's like really of all the things you picked, really a, a time limit, an arbitrary time limit, no less. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I'm go- I'm definitely going to be reading that book because it's by Al Ewing, so Same. it's going to be really crazy. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, we saw some more movement from the Jarvis story in this issue. Beast and Nadia Pym working on fixing him up, and of course, the final pyramid that everyone is going to be after just so happened to spawn in the hospital where they're treating Jarvis. Yeah, spawn in the hospital and then spawn like Ghostbuster ghosts. Yes, because every pyramid has a thing to defend itself, be it fire or ice. This one's defense, ghosts. Yeah, spooky ghosts in the in the hospital. Man, that's a pretty good defense. Hey, man, do you want a guard dog? Do you want security cameras? Nah, man, ghosts. Yeah, ghosts, they, they're good. <laughs> that, that'll keep them at bay. Ghosts, some spooky-ass yeah. ghosts. <laughs> But also we learned that, like, it was, like, a disease. Um, They kind of went back and forth on it, like, oh, it's a disease. Oh, it's not a disease, it's it's something else. And then, yeah, we find out that it's, like, some quantum-level, like, alien pathogen or something. Yeah, that the Avengers probably tracked in from somewhere in the universe. And then Jarvis wakes up for a minute and he starts saying some truly cryptic shit, you know, lies, lies. It's like, wait, what lies? Who's lying? I assume he's talking about Voyager, if I had to guess. yeah, I, I called this like the minute Jarvis went down in that first issue. I'm like, he's going to tell us something about Voyager before he dies. And guess what he just did? <laughs> yeah, because it's like he's been there with the Avengers longer than anyone. Either the lie is, hey, uh, what is it? She's lied about her history with the Avengers. That's not true. Or, oh, hey, Voyager brought the virus in with her. And that's why, you know, she got deleted from history. That and also... What if, like, the roles were reversed? Voyager was the villain, but that other guy that she attacked was the hero. Ooh, that'd be some shit. That'd be really fun, actually. That'd be really unexpected. Ha ha. You, you actually yeah. do get a new good guy and a new bad guy, but all oh, the roles are reversed. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool, because I think that that character, I keep I keep forgetting his name. Challenger. Um, Challenger. No, 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 Um, the, the, the villain... Um, Voyager fought and and fell into that realm with oh yeah like Captain Majestic or some shit something like that that Mark Wade creation yeah um yeah I think he's going to be like the hero that'd be fun that'd be interesting yeah yeah I could totally see that happening so yeah that's Avengers No Surrender everyone that book continues to be interesting uh, what else did you have Matt um I had all new Wolverine issued I want to say issued. Issue thirty one, right? What's issue thirty one. It was a, a one and one and done issue. This this uh, issue was just a team up with Deadpool. Oh, those. Are uh, yeah, it was it was more of actually like a honey badger in Deadpool issue, um, because uh, Gabby takes Jonathan for a walk. Jonathan, her her Wolverine pet, mm-hmm. um, uh, who's got a voice translator now, so he can talk. Oh, um, okay. And he takes. He, he leads her to the lab that he escaped from and it's like an animal testing lab oh. and um 
so naturally Gabby calls uh, Deadpool because she's going to be doing some probably illegal, unethical shit. Do, 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 <laughs> I was going to say, do, do they honor the fact that Deadpool is supposed to be despicable at this time, or do they just not care? I it's just a fun issue. He's he's not like a villain or anything. He just like turns up and he's like, oh hi, I'm gonna like chloroform these people instead of killing them. He's, and he's barely a villain in his own book at the moment. That's what I was saying. They just <laughs> they they really don't seem to know what his moral alignment is at the moment. Yeah. Well, he's got a moon movie coming out, so once that's down and dusted, he'll be a villain again. Yeah. Or maybe um, until the, until the, until the next one comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a really fun uh, issue. They just like break in and they they intend to free all the animals, but they find out that the testing have been doing some weird experiments on them and have turned them all into zombies. So there's like wow. zombie bunnies, zombie sloths, all this it's sort like of pet really. Cemetery. Yeah, all this. I don't. I don't even think there was a pet cemetery joke in it. I don't oh, think. Oh, that's a missed opportunity. Great, great restraint on you, Tom Taylor, for not making a pet <laughs> cemetery joke. Uh, but yeah, they they end up uh, fighting through all this stuff. Then Laura turns up and is like, "Hey, I would have helped out if you just told me." And Gabby's like, "I'm sorry. I thought you would have looked down at me for from invading this this company's building and killing everything." <laughs> and then they just burn the building. And Jonathan's like, "Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Sounds like a good time." Yeah, it was. It was really funny. It was really well written. They they were really um, Tom Taylor was really. Um, uh, what's the word like restraint on uh, Deadpool? He wasn't right. meme or anything. He was just really funny, and yeah, it was a really fun book. Yeah, sounds good. I, I gotta catch up on New Wolverine. I know I always say that, but I do. I've backed uh, up a bunch of issues on my device. I just need a long uh, road trip or plane trip to catch up on them. Yeah, it's it's a really good book. It is. Uh, hey, I guess because we were talking about Deadpool anyway, I might as well talk about Despicable Deadpool number two ninety five that did come out this week. Yeah. Uh, this is Deadpool again continuing to work his way through his hit list that is given to him by Strife. And if he doesn't fulfill it, he's going to kill Ellie Deadpool's daughter. And one of the names that shows up on his list just so happens to be Kid Apocalypse, a.k.a. Evan, a.k.a. Deadpool's other adopted kid. <laughs> and you think like, OK, well, he already gunned down one woman in cold blood and they keep going back to uh, back and forth on his morality. Would he actually kill his own uh, adopted son? He doesn't. He just depowers him for a little bit to get strife off his back. God damn. Why are they? I remember when when they announced this series, it's like, oh, he's going back to his villainous roots. Even at like the end of that really awesome uh, tie ins with Secret Empire that like he's going to become a villain again. He's he's. He, he's tired of being that hero and everything, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's really clear that Duggan had one idea and Marvel Editorial had another idea where they're like, no, 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 mm -hmm. J Jerry, Jerry, we got we got the rights back to it probably. So, you know, maybe, maybe don't have him be an unlikable, vile human being because we can't have that because we want him to have fun and funny team-ups with our other characters. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can make him like, like a villain and still have those fun team-ups they don't just have to be goofy fun uh, sort of stuff you can still have comedy with that sort of thing the, the problem too with this series is that they are repeating themselves where it's like deadpool will go to do a bad thing only he won't really do a bad thing but then heroes will get the wrong impression like in this case colossus and kitty pride they will fight him and be like oh how could you be a bad guy how could you secret empire how could you murder and do all this other stuff deadpool will fire back with oh you don't understand i'm doing this for my daughter blah 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 well we don't agree but we'll let you go anyway and 
so they do. Yeah, again, it's yeah, it sounds like they're just telling the same thing every other issue. It happened with Rogue. It happened with so many, so many other characters. What's really weird is that like then the book takes a really hard, sharp, serious, dark turn when Strife gives him the last name on the list. And this person isn't a superhero. This isn't anyone he knows. It's like, just go kill this random woman. Okay. Who's not a superhero, has no powers. And it's this very sad, very reflective scene with, like, Deadpool. He's all covered in shadows like Apocalypse Now. He's sitting in a chair and he's, like, you know, pleading to this woman where it's like, look, I don't want to kill you, but if I don't, my daughter will die. And, you know, I can, yeah. only, I can only promise that I'll make it painless and everything. And I'm like, where, where did this scene come from? <laughs> like, like it's really effective and it's really sad. I'm like, this just came the fuck out of nowhere. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, again, like you said before, it's probably like Duggan wanted one thing, Marvel editorial wanted something else. Yeah, and yeah, they kind of compromised that middle ground, but it was leaning more towards Marvel. They sure did. And then the big fi- final bit is Captain America finds him. It's like, look, none of these other heroes have been able to beat any sense into you, true American, but I'll beat some sense into you because I'm <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> to which I guess it makes sense because Duggan did such a good job bringing Captain America and Deadpool so close as characters, then breaking them up in the Secret Empire. It'll be interesting to see how they interact with each other now. Is he still wanting to kill Captain America? Uh, he wants because that was like a big thing in Secret Empire. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to kill Evil Steve, and now that they split the difference on that, they had a whole issue where he snuck into prison to try and kill Evil Steve. But then he didn't because he's like, no, 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 I want to torture you with the idea that I could break in here and kill you at any moment. Okay, okay. So I guess that was after Evil Steve broke out or before he broke out of prison? Has he broken out? What book has he broken out in? He broke out like age, like just after Secret Empire. I swear he did. I swear where like like a guard broke in and a guard who was heavily hinted at being Kraken oh, they, uh, they broke impl- in and like stole him. Well they implied that they were breaking him out, just not at that moment. They were implying okay. they were implying that hey, Hydra runs the jail and when we're ready and when we've rebuilt our forces, you'll be back. Yeah, I was gonna say because they haven't done anything with him. No. No, th- like that's why I was shocked and amazed to see him show up in a Deadpool book of all things. But yeah, no, they, yeah. Haven't, they haven't done anything with that yet. But I will be, if nothing else, interested to see what they do with Captain America in the future. So yeah, that was that was Deadpool. Everyone it was okay, but again, I know this book can do so much better. Yeah, yeah, it's. I was really hyped for it, and then when those when Despicable came out, and you told me like about that first issue before I read it, and you're saying how it's more comedy, I kind of lost interest because I was really looking forward to that like villainous Deadpool back. That it's way more about Cable. Yeah, it's really 